VP ZD. It's the VPZD show. We're back. We need a jingle. <laughs> we need a jingle. And if anyone's out there and they want to make a jingle, you can submit their their suggested jingle. Oh. We'll try to make our own too. Dude, that'd be awesome. Just hello at zdogmd.com. Send me a clip of your suggested jingle because what we do is we'll intro the show yeah. because we never do. We never tell them who we are. Like, oh, I'm, you know, Dr. Zubin Demania, aka ZDogMD. I'm a hospitalist and um, health communicator. And you are? Vinay Prasad. I'm a professor of epidemiology and biostatistics at the University of California, San Francisco. And I'm a practicing hemonk doc, but we never actually do that. We never do it. And, we assume and they know because because you know what? We're actually not that into credentialism. That's right. We we believe that the weight of our argument should carry the day. That's right. I don't have to mention that I was UCSF and Stanford trained, and, and that you were the Stan- commencement speaker. That's right at UCSF. <laughs> I don't have to mention that I was deputy chief of medicine at Stanford and dashingly handsome. No, you don't I, have to. Ma- no. <laughs> that just expresses itself, right? <laughs> and you don't have to mention that you're a full professor. Of, That's right. I got promoted. What yeah. is it? Ep- epi Epi Biostats is epi- my biostats. is my primary department, yeah. but I also have secondary appointments in medicine. I love it, man. And uh, uh, now see, I'm getting old. I know, I heard your admission on your last show. I have to wear glasses to see up close anything, including your face now. Because it's all, we're, it's all downhill, dude. We're kind of, it's terrible, dude. And by the way, if you pick if you pick the jungle that they submit, what are you going to give them as a, as a prize? I think you should give them Z-Dog merchandise. Oh, I'll send them a, a special Z-Dog pen. This is what they'll okay, get. Okay. And it has a typo on it. That is almost impossible to catch. Okay. And so if they can, uh, I'll, I'll send them the pen if they win the jingle contest. Although what's funny is that, you know, Devin, who does all my audio production, he, he I have not told him that I'm doing this and he'll be like, uh, I do your audio production. <laughs> I can just make you a thing. But I think it'll be fun to have a contest. Have the contest. We'll use the jingle for a while. If yeah. there's no submissions, we'll never talk of this again. It, we will never speak of it. <laughs> we'll never speak we'll, of it. It'll never be spake of uh, <laughs> like Zarathustra. Um, dude, so our last episode, I got so much feedback. They're like, it's like two idiots talking about all the things <laughs> and it's we like love car it. talk but the body yes yes it, oh which is we're like the click and clack we're oh, dude rest in peace rest in peace and by the way they were terrific they really were and they, they were diagnosticians they were world-class diagnosticians they would listen to a history they would actually interpret the emotional bias of the history and they would apply it then to the the mechanics of the car they didn't take themselves too seriously never Never once. And actually that gets into something, a show I did recently about left and right brain. Mm. So the left, and, and in the show, I kind of, it's, again, it's more metaphorical, although there's a lot of neuroscience behind it. Sure. But this idea that the, our left hemisphere really is the thing that takes the implicit, the contextual, pulls it apart, makes it explicit and breaks it into little parts. And in many ways, so the left brain doesn't recognize faces because a face is a full on contextual mm. kind of thing. Whereas the right brain sees things in its context, but it's silent because it doesn't have speech. So over time, the left brain in society and in our own kind of educational systems becomes more and more dominant. Because it is the speech center. It's the speech center. So it's the path through which all outlets must go. That's right. So it starts to, instead of being the emissary of the master right hemisphere, which is really kind of the left hemisphere theoretically kind of evolved as the tool of the right, Mm -hmm. it's now taking on the, it's usurping the role of master because it can speak. And the master has to sit quietly and watch this travesty happen. And I was thinking about um, masking. Okay. That, that, That some people actually feel that it's not, a big deal to have your face mostly covered mm-hmm. when you're raising children or when you're trying to connect with people. Even for years on end. Years on they end. They say there's like, you know, no big deal. Absolutely. No biggie. In the book, Master and His Emissary by Ian McGill, Dr. Ian McGilchrist, he writes about people who've had right-sided brain lesions. 
And what they're left with is this pure left, unopposed left hemisphere. Mm -hmm. And what, what they find is the left hemisphere will describe total facial, I mean, they cannot recognize faces. I see. And patients will describe that faces look like masks that they actually- right. prospognosia. Exactly. This is what Brad Pitt said he suffered from. Ah. Famously, did he say he suffered from? I think I, I think I read that, you know, but, so my- but, but I just think he just is, just knows too many people. I, I, I mean, that, I don't think he actually has prospognosia. Dude, <laughs> I, I tell people I have prospognosia because yeah. I can't recognize people because I see too many people. Of course. And of course they're seeing me for the first time and they're like, oh yeah, he's gonna- yeah. They've seen your face a lot more than you've seen their it, face. That's exactly that's right. That's the that's the thing. That's exactly right. So so for me, I just use that as an excuse, but really it's just, I'm just too old and there's too many people. But-, but, uh, <laughs> but bring it back, yeah, the mask. It's so, interesting that, yeah, yeah, so the left hemisphere, which is the mechanistic reductionist parts instead of holes hemisphere becoming dominant. Now, it's it's okay with masking. Yes. Because in a way, it doesn't see the face as an important so thing. So you're saying that that view is synonymous with the type of brain damage state. Of, <laughs> I mean- <laughs> It's like having a stroke. Yeah, okay. Uh, what, you know, here's what I say. I, look, I understand people on the airplane and I've been traveling recently. I understand the people who going places, no mask. Right. I, I get that. I also get the person who's gonna wear the N95 at all times. Like, I don't agree with that. Right. I don't think it makes sense in the long haul. I think right. you're gonna have to wear it for the rest of your life if right. that's what you're doing. Right. But I kind of understand that when I see them, they're wearing it, they're skipping any food or drink. But here's what I don't get. I don't get the cloth mask when you're on the plane, but the moment you come off the run, we come off and you, you disembark, cloth mask comes <laughs> off. I don't get the loose fitting, stretched out surgical mask. I don't get the N95, but your glasses are under the N95, creating a nice little pathway for the air to flow. This is what I don't get. And in fact, those three categories, that's the 15% masking. By the way, masking varies a lot by airport. Yeah. SFO, we're at the top. At the top. Number yeah. one, baby, yeah. SFO. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but you go anywhere else. IAH Houston, ain't no masks inside. I think they may confiscate them from you. Probably pull it, it, yeah, take it away from they'll you. They'll take it. They'll and burn they'll, it. They'll take it away from putting a gun right in your hand. Yeah. No, I don't know. What they'll do. Get a rope. <laughs> is, that a, is, that, is, that a, is that a can 95? Is Get that a, a rope. Oh my goodness. Loose fitting cloth mask. They'll, At least, you know, wear a full on respirator. Yeah, but I, I think it is. It's a, it's a function of the left brainification of society I see. and our public health communication. Because what would a contextual right brain, left brain synthesis say? Exactly what you're saying. It would notice the absurdity. So the right brain is the hemisphere of humor. It actually is the one that can, can go, oh, dude, that's, that's absurd. It understands sarcasm. Left brain is very concrete. So patients with schizophrenia have a much more left brain worldview and they feel it. They actually, you know, it, it's- And a, you're using the brain as a metaphor, but yeah. I mean, but it's a broader point, which is that, you know, uh, the way in which we think about risks and trade-offs and life is this one thing that we can measure and, you know, put up on the New York Times masthead. That's right. That's the dominating thought. And all these other things that are a little bit harder to measure, which is what is the value of getting to talk to you right now without and seeing your face? Bingo. It's hard to put a number on that. But there is a value. That's right. And and in the metaphor, it's that's the purview of the right brain. The right the, the normal flow of experiences, the right brain contextually sees the thing, mm -hmm. sends the left brain out to drill down and break yeah. it into things so we can understand it better, and then come back to the right, put it in context. Mm -hmm. What we fail to do is that last step. We're just drilling down and we're mechanizing it, we're making it, you know, that way. Uh so you know, it's interesting. So um there was a recent uh, news article, right? Uh, Maitland Jones, professor. Right. Speaking of like, speaking of changes in how we think <laughs> over time. Uh, you know, that's why you're the pro because you got that segue. <laughs> that was a hard. <laughs> I struggled. I, I, I struggled. Did you see the yes. gears turning? Like He's my like, right how brain was am like, I gonna go? bro. 
Someone help. And left brain was like, well, there's this piece and this piece and this piece. And right brain was like, okay, just See, do what this. the listener should know is before the show starts, we talk for 15 seconds and we say, hey, really what are the, it's really 15 seconds. Yeah. What are the things we should talk about? And we're like, we got to talk about Maitland Jones. Now, Z was supposed to talk about that first, but yeah. he switched the order. But that's yep. okay. Yep. He's entitled to that. But he left himself quite a quandary connecting it. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed it. He was like, how am I going to get back to the Maitland Jones? So and, like, on a, and on that positive note, Maitland Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You noticed the pause. There was a pause. second where I just looked at the ground and I was like, brain was like, do something Z <laughs> or this will be an edit but point, you know, which we don't do. You're very good at it. I don't think the listener fully appreciates that it takes a talent to be able to take it, the, connect different ideas and get people through the, what and they want to talk I'm gonna about. Give the, I'm going to give the compliment back to you because without you in the dyad here, we're not in a flow state and a flow state allows you to be so present that you don't lose, you, you almost get in a way, the pieces just come from nowhere. That's a and good they, point. And they synthesize. And we'll talk about presentness when we talk about Zuck towards the end of this podcast. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. Okay, but Maitland Jones, who's Maitland Jones? Oh, yeah. He's 82 years old. Goodness, he's my dad's age, yeah. And he's still profing. He's still out there hitting the classes every year. So I think my understanding is he, the textbook of organic chemistry that I used, and I suspect the one you used, is the Maitland Jones textbook of Orgo. Yeah. And, uh, he was a professor at Princeton. He was an organic chemistry professor. By many, by most accounts, he's won you know many many teaching awards. He became an adjunct in his retirement at NYU and started teaching. And even there, by all accounts, he was thought to be a very good teacher until the COVID nineteen pandemic, yeah. where his evals have slipped, yeah. and uh, the grades of the students have slipped. And recently, in the New York Times, he got he got the boot. He was fired. Yep, and. There's different stories, and I've had a chance to explore the stories. Maitland Jones' story. Let's hear Maitland Jones' story. Maitland Jones' story is, I'm a revered organic chemistry professor. I've been doing this for, you know, before you were born. And throughout most of my career, students were willing to put in the hard work and effort. I was willing to put in the hard work and effort. We would meet in the middle. Some kids could master orgo. There's always a few kids who would struggle to do it. Um, and the kids who can master it to really get something out. Maitland Jones, supposedly, he wasn't a memorization guy. He was a problem-solving problem kind of Problem-solving, synthesis, solving, synthesis, like kind of synthesizing guy. compounds. For people who don't know organic yeah. chemistry, it is a really challenging, intellectually challenging, you have to think left brain and right brain together to do O-chem. It's not just memorization. I had a great orgo professor. His name uh, was uh, Michael Rathke. Oh. And he said, uh, he used to say things like, and he was like, he's like, um, and if you don't believe these are the same molecule, put them both in a gunny sack and shake it out and see if you can tell them apart. It's <laughs> like a gunny sack? <laughs> who is what? this guy? Who, this is this is this is this thing. But it's he was a, an older guy, but he was brilliant and he had a charisma to him. He had the old man charm. Yeah. You know, the, the classic old man professor charm. Yeah. Anyway, I've never met Maitland Jones, but yeah. this is my Michael Rackley. And we, we I, I had a we had yeah, we had the too. same at Berkeley a uh, guy named Volkman, I think. Volker, Volker. Volkman. So he, and that's also textbook author isn't he yes yeah okay. so he wrote another text we might have used his textbook actually oh so, he th took that maitland jones oh book yeah and he's like that. toss that crap it's volkman all it's Volk, if yeah. that was his name i was yeah. Volk, Volk something but he used to drive a ferrari shut up or a lamborghini some very high-end thing and he'd drive it on campus and i think he either had i don't know if he had a nobel prize or he had some special parking spot because at berkeley they had signs that say parking for nobel laureates only and he would put his car and he put in the ferrari how do you get the lambo money Dude, I think that he did stuff with industry through OCHEM, but I'm not 100% sure. I, I mean, because that textbook money, I mean, come on. Oh, uh, as you know how that is. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, you'll be lucky to buy a Honda Civic with that car. <laughs> <laughs> and actually with inflation, you're going to buy no car, not dude, even a used car. Dude, in the Bay Area, the Honda Civic is the Tesla Model 3. The, have you oh, noticed that? Is, that is the entry level car in, it is, in the Bay it Area. Is, it yeah. is. You have to have a Tesla. So, so, uh, so wait, back, wait, back to Maitland. Back to Maitland. Okay. So <laughs> his account is, I've been doing this for many years. I'm good at it. I've always done it. We've always met in the middle. The students are happy. I'm happy. I win all these awards. 
COVID-19 pandemic comes, they're all work from home, Zooming. Uh, they've lost their work ethic. We try to bring them back to class. They don't show. They just want to watch the lectures. They're not studying. And lo and behold, their grades go in the toilet. And most of them are not getting good grades. Few are getting A's. The university wants me to just, you know, artificially boost everyone's grade. I won't play by those rules. I'm old school. You either know it or you don't know it. That's Maitland Jones. And we can't go soft on you because you don't want to learn. You got to hit the books hard. Yeah. That's Maitland Jones. And he said, so he was, he drew the line. And then they were like, you know what? The students are not happy. Universities, they're not here to educate kids. They're the customer service business. So you got to go Maitland. Yeah. That's These guys his are story. paying tuition. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that that's was, his story. That's right. his story. The second story I read was like reading the comments deep. Somebody's like, well, I'm a student of Maitland Jones. And guess what? I actually got like perfect scores on the MCAT chemistry and I'm really good at this. But the dude is slipping. Like he's not teaching it the same way he used to, or maybe it's like not as charismatic and there are other teachers who are doing a better job. And like he was fired, uh, not because he held a high bar because the dude wasn't an effective communicator right. anymore. And that can always happen to anybody. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Happened to us over the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, we're on the upswing, we, we Yeah, of course. We're getting better man. and better. People are like, We're like a fine wine. Our, we're our, aging well. Our, <laughs> I, I, I don't usually look at statistics anymore because yeah. I, I just, it's too, I, I just Too can't. many zeros. Too many <laughs> zeros. Too many zeros. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. On my bank account. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, just making it rain. Uh, it's actually my, it's, it's more like what I owe the government yeah, right now. Right. The, 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 um, uh, the last podcast we did the was the number two episode in science and medicine at its peak. That's because just it's, the last episode because because we suck so bad. Yeah, well, it's a it's a good show. I mean, I, I listen to shows, and by the way of shows, I I would listen to this show. You know, yeah. If I didn't hate us both, if I didn't hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Z Dog MD, yeah, you are the Cal Academy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to Maitland. So, okay, Maitland Jones. Okay, so I, there's I, two sides. So there's far. two sides of the story. Yeah, I got three points. Okay, I think three things can all be true. Yeah. Okay. One, I think Maitland Jones has probably got a point that these kids pre-pandemic, and I think there's some truth to this, they were willing to study more and show up to class. And you do learn more when you drag yourself and sit there in that room and you actually get more out of it. Totally. And if you watch some video, and by the way, this is, not a, this is not a YouTube video, quality video. This is like some crap camera in the back of an auditorium. Shitty audio. Shitty yeah. audio. You ain't gonna learn anything from that. Okay, so Maitland Jones might have a point that they're not putting in the effort. I, I don't think, I mean, he's probably onto something. The second thing that might be true is he might really actually be slipping. Yeah. Like maybe he is no longer as effective as he was. We don't know. Only the kids in the class know. And maybe if, if some impartial person were to obsess it. And then the third thing I think, but the first thing is I concede to him, the kids are probably getting a little bit soft and we can talk more about that. Right. Then the third thing I think is, why are we doing all this orgo? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think we have to bring back right. to like, orgo was a prerequisite for medical school back in 19 diggity, right. where orgo was the closest science to what we were doing. Right. We have advanced far beyond orgo. Right. Orgo's still you know, useful for somebody who makes synthetic chemical products, but doctors don't make that. They prescribe that and they need to understand the evidence for prescriptions, not necessarily the organic chemistry that leads to the synthesis of the ACE inhibitor. So I think it's actually antiquated. It's not relevant. Some people say that even though it's not relevant, you still need a class that's a quote unquote weeder class, like that gives people bad grades so they never get to be doctors. Right. And what I want to say is you have no data that ever shows that weeding people by organic chemistry is a useful filter. Like if you prove to me people get higher orgo scores or better doctors than those that get lower scores or those that flunk the class, that would be one thing. There's no such data. Um, and the other thing I'd say is by that logic, you could say we could give you a test of memorizing all the world capitals, Mongolia. 
Bakar. I made that up. Ulan Batar. Ulan Batar. Okay, right. I don't know. Okay, you know, right. But you could, you could, you could give a quiz of like rote memorization, and some people are going to do better than others. And you could say baseball statistics from the 1950s, for instance. And then you could say we are making a prerequisite for medical school be baseball statistics in the 1950s because people who memorize that better are better doctors. And my point there would be okay, fine, but don't you want to teach them some shit that they need to know when they're actually a doctor? And Kill two birds with one stone. The baseball statistics. No, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. right. So if you're going to use a weeder class, it should also be something relevant to the art or the practice of the medicine. Yeah, I am 150% with you. Yeah. So actually this ties into the story very well because okay. I actually read a few articles okay, on this. Okay. And, and what do you hear? And I think, um, okay, a couple things. So, okay, first thing, lower your seat ever so slightly. And I'll tell you why I'm looking at the screen. Headspace. And your, your beautiful hair which has been chopped to bits. By the, yeah, they cut it, the, the first of all. By the butcher. So Samson, yeah, does it lower? No, oh, there it, there it is. There it is, yeah. Am yeah, that's now? it, that's perfect. I think that. I think that's better, yeah. And then just a little this, yeah. See, because I gotta be the tech guy. My daughter edits the shows now, oh, that's, my that's 11 year old, and she'll yell at me. She'll be like, the way you framed Vinay, you know, he's got too oh, much she's hair. She's got an eye for this. Oh yeah, she does, yeah. She's so I'm like, okay, you know what? Since you're, like we were saying earlier, you're either now, for kids, you're either a content creator or you're a content consumer. That's it. That's I'm pushing her to create. Of course. All right, so back to Maitland. Back to Maitland. Okay, back what do you read about okay. Maitland? So the article I read was very, very similar. Okay, couple, couple standpoints here. The guy, the guy's own department supports him. Oh, because they, like they see it as a potential slippery slope. He's a revered guy. And they're like, listen, you know, you can't just fire this guy with no due process. Although he's not tenured. Again, he's like kind of coming yeah. in and doing this as a, a emeritus, kind of not not his primary organization, et cetera, at NYU. Because he was a Princeton guy, I think. And, <clears throat> or something like that. And, yes, um, he was a Princeton guy. Yeah. So the, the faculty supported him. Then if you ask the kids, um, the there were a few people they interviewed who got A's in the course. And yes. they're like, this guy's a legend. Yeah. We love him. I he see. does great. These other people just can't hack it. Yeah. But then the uh, the comment you read was different. It's like, no, I did well. Yeah. But you got to understand this guy's slipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now. How do you know the two, who's true? You can't know. Now, my sense is one of the faculty reports uh, from the people that had fired him had said, he gets some of the worst faculty evaluations of any department, not just chemistry. Now that says something because evaluations as crummy as they can be, right. they're often, yeah, a they, clue. they skew true. Yeah. And if he's actually, and so what I wonder happened here is whether he got so disheartened by seeing what, what you're pointing to, which is- Oh, that he the, wasn't putting the work in. He wasn't putting the work in. He's yeah. like, these kids are gone. They're just gone. They're checked out. And and you're so right. as a result, why should I even try? Because they're not showing up. And he would say, they said it in the article, the class is mostly empty. They're all watching the videos and, and they can't do it. They can't do the work because these are, you have to be there with that guy in presence to feel how he thinks through these problems. Now, I'll say this too. As a weeder class, a lot of the outrage came from pre-meds who were like, this has ruined my dreams because I cannot get an A in this class and I will not go to medical school. Now I will say this to them. Ochem was a weeder class when I was at Berkeley. That was my sophomore year of Berkeley when I decided I was gonna smoke weed and hang out with my friends and not go to class. And you still got all the questions. No, you yeah. <laughs> still got everyone right. The first semester, we were on semester system, <clears throat> was the first time in my life that I got Bs. And the reason, wow. yeah, and the reason I got Bs was I didn't go to class. I would cram like the night before because I, I was so, I had so much hubris. I'm like, oh, first year was easy. I, I could do this. I got this. And I'm having fun with my friends. The first time I've been away <clears> from home and the first time I've, you know, been by myself and exploring these things. And, uh, 
I got devastated. Like, I think I, I might've failed one of the midterms. And then the final, I got mono. Wow. And so I took it while I had mono mm-hmm. and I, I I was just so behind. I'd never spent time with the professor. I'd just never a, gone to offer another him. excuse. It was another excuse. You're the Ro- just... Roger Federer. I heard he had mono in some big match many years ago. That's why he lost. Yeah. Okay. Let the, okay. You know what? Listen, Keep talking like that. You could be a student in 2022. I'll tell you of... what. <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> to this day, yeah. I have anxiety dreams about Oakham. To oh, this day. Wow. And I also have anxiety dreams about getting a splenectomy because I've, uh, you know, my spleen yeah. was this big. But I say from the mono. From the mono, which is, which is actually was an excuse because I, I was say. already getting over it by the time the, but, but I had to sit on the train going back to Fresno after that final. Wow. And I looked so ill, no one would sit next to me. Wow, even that's pre-COVID. Full. This is pre-COVID. <laughs> this is 1994 yeah. or something. Like, wow, 92, like, that 92. guy does not look good. He doesn't look well. What year was it? It was, uh, it would have been 92. Oh, so yeah. maybe they thought HIV AIDS epidemic. They thought I had, I had AIDS. Maybe. I yeah, full, they, full blown AIDS. If maybe that's they a thought thing. that back then. Maybe they and, thought and, that. And yeah. so the weeder class thing. So you know, here I get all B's and all these uh-huh. science like requirements. Uh-huh. So how the hell did I get into medical school? Well, I actually got back on the horse and got passionate yeah, right. about it. And I and I struggled. There's usually back. no one. Um, it's no one thing. I mean, it's no one thing. Is a is a is a strict cutoff. I mean, if you get consistently bad GPA in science, then I think, yes, that's going to make a lot harder. But these things are all sort of um, probabilistic and they're not yeah. absolute. And so there's always somebody who got a bad orgo grade. And you know, what's interesting is I think that's an interesting screening technique. Like somebody who who did well and then suddenly does really bad. Yeah. And then suddenly- It's usually substance. Recovers. It's usually substance Substance related. or the first time they've had a serious relationship with someone, something like that. And it might've been both Or bad things. relationships. It might've been both those things. Well, I, now I know yeah. I got the mono. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, I had the and opposite. the HIV, right? <laughs> well, yeah, well, of course, that's why they went. <laughs> and the monkeypox. I was ahead of my time. You were ahead of your time. I was time. a gunner. And yeah. you know, you were wearing the N95 back in those days. No. Uh, so, you know, I had, I'm biased. Well, not biased, but I had a very different experience. I had Michael Rathke, the sweetest man ever. And so I learned Orgo really good. That's awesome. And then, you know, I wanted to, not wanted to, but I wanted to keep open the door to going to medical school. Right. So back in those days, I meant you had to do research. Uh-huh. And you did fruit fly that's research. That's right, that's right. I remember. That's right. You were Lord of the Flies. I was Lord of the Flies. Tape, right? To this day, you still keep uh, a jar of vinegar and uh, and a few drops of uh, uh, dishwashing <laughs> detergent in it to, to travel. I, I have a CO2 tank at home to right. anesthetize humans as and, well as Whoever in, in you need flies. to anesthetize. Exactly. So I did my research in uh, uh, biological polymer synthesis, organic chemistry. Wow. And so I, I work with, uh, yeah, Mitch Smith in the laboratory there. And uh, I don't know, I, I don't try to brag on this show, but first prize undergraduate research no. fair. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like Walter White, my friend. I could Dude, cook you whatever you wanted to. The blue, the blue. Dude. But I'll tell you, the only thing I remember of Orgo <laughs> is, because um, now my memory is vague. And actually, it actually came up the other day because it's a true story. I was in some restaurant and on the wall, they had a neon sign and the neon sign was like a benzene ring with like two, um, uh, two, two hydroxyl groups and then like this ammonia ring, this ammonia uh, molecule off the side. And I was like, what the hell is that compound? I couldn't think of, I couldn't think about it. And then I met somebody who's a chemist and the only thing Oregon was good for was I actually remembered what it looked like. I drew it and they're like, oh, dopamine. Oh, you know? wow. And I was like, and this person was like, I'm like, okay, pretty good. That's a great fucking story. Uh, effing yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. We're, <laughs> not, is, we're not supposed to swear. We're not supposed BPCD. to, but we, we, It's a PG we, show. We, People play this in front of their children. They do. They teach they, them. They listen in the car and they're like, this is what, or-, and, and you know what they're teaching them? If they're Asian immigrants, like you and I are the yeah, children of, right. they're teaching them, don't do what those two did. <laughs> okay. No marijuana in school and no girlfriend or boyfriend <laughs> or them friend if your pronouns are different. Okay. And then they're also teaching them, if you do good in Orgo, 
you go to medical school. That's right. And if you don't do good, you become a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, no, no. Yeah, like my daughter's gonna be. Well, so, but you don't want to be a content consumer, okay? But okay, so so, so, so the you, screen. So yeah. you think Orgo is trash? I I think they pushed on him too because the pre med contingent felt so strongly about this as a screen, yeah, which I okay. think is not a good reason to push on him. A good reason is he probably was phoning it in at some point, and he's eighty two, so stuff does happen. Hey, that's the age of Anthony Fauci. Are you saying Anthony Fauci's not peak at job performance? Ooh. Good point. <laughs> I guess I'll have to backtrack on that because as a card-carrying member of the COVIDian tri- yeah, yeah, right. ACLU, the uh, American COVIDian, <laughs> the, uh, COVIDian uh, Liberty, Liberty Union. Liberty Union. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, uh, I can't uh, hurt, hurt Lord Fauci's feelings. Okay. Um, yeah, but but it is, it's... um. Because it's funny too, because as a press piece, because yeah. you write a lot in Sensible Medicine with, uh, uh-oh, did it break? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, here, I got you. No, 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 okay. I just, it's, it's a little floppy. Oh, no, no, I, I think I fixed it. I just put, okay, I just put yeah, the, yeah, yeah. just put the. It's, 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 that, that, that stand is not designed for the weight of that mic. It was made by Maitland Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Okay, okay. okay. So, um, what were we saying? We were talking about, oh, man, this is where our flow state gets mm-hmm. disrupted. He's got the glasses and he's got, uh. A little bit I'm of just staring forgetfulness. At my, I'm staring at my Parkinson's tremor. Yeah, no. um, wait a this, minute. And this is might have been how the teaching was going on in the classroom. Oh, I mean, it was very, <laughs> fully possible, right? We were talking. Oh, we were talking ACLU. We were talking about uh, COVID. Well, I'll help you while you think about your thought. Yeah. Here's what I, I so we, I think we agree broadly on this, the brush strokes of this argument. Number right. one. Uh, is it possible Maitland Jones was great? Absolutely. That's indisputable. Is it possible he's not? He's phoning it in these days. Absolutely. But the second thing that we need to talk about a little bit more are the students. Yeah. And I do think this is why the article resonates because whether or not this happened in the Maitland Jones case, many people, many teachers do believe it is a different culture of teaching in 2022 than it was. Definitely in medicine, for sure. Definitely in medicine. And I think even maybe worse in the other fields. Yeah. And the key difference is- (laughs) Zoom. Zoom, yeah, that uh, that blew their brains. I mean, it's obviously a terrible education online. Yep. Not that's not just my opinion of it, my experience of it, but also every single peer-reviewed public paper on the topic. That's terrible. Yep. But I also think that students have they're in the customer service business now. I mean, every year goes by. I hear students have corrected a faculty for you know yelled at a faculty for saying something that they thought wasn't the correct way to say thing. And I and I, I don't even disagree with them that like. That they they might be right that we should take language and move it in this more progressive, thoughtful, sensitive way. They might be right about that. What I don't agree with them is that the way to fix it is to take some old professor who just is not hip to what you're saying and didn't get the memo. Yeah. And some of these professors are not English is not their first language, by the right. way. That makes it harder. Right. And and chastising them. And you know why they do it? It's a way, I think. It's we I okay, we'll talk about why, but I think they are ta- it's about power. It's not about the issue. If you really care mm. about the injustice in the world, and where's the injustice? The injustice in the world is tremendous. And it's almost all in early childhood development outcomes. Yeah. It's all in wealth inequality. It's all huge problems that require political consensus. It requires you to go to government and fix these problems of regulation, of corporatism, of of cronyism, of, of disparity, of wealth, of concentration, and of all the ways in which the system is rigged. And I think the system is rigged. Instead of doing any of that, they don't want to do that. That's hard. I no. mean, that's hard and you may not succeed. What they want to do is the one thing they can do, which is I can take somebody who's mostly in my tribe, who mostly agrees with me, but they're older, they're aloof, they don't know how to speak hip the way young people speak, and I can shame them, humiliate them for not being, quote, as pure and good as me. The student, no student will ever go into medicine 
And in PGY1, they can never know more than the attending. Why? Even the most brilliant person could not know because it takes years to like even hear about all the many things that happen in medicine. And so they come, these brilliant kids, they're very smart. They've always been praised their whole life and they are the bottom of the totem pole. And sometimes they don't even know the words that are coming out of my mouth because I'm talking about, you know, diseases they've never heard of. They don't know the treatment, you know, because it's all, I mean, it's natural. They have to learn it. Yeah. And that can make you feel anxious. You don't have power. And the way to seize power is to create a new discipline where you alone can be king or queen. You can be the boss. And that's the discipline of the politically correct word choice. They are creating the politically correct word choice. Only the youth knows it. I'm almost 40. And even I don't know how. I mean, I know more than an older person like you. <laughs> I know more than you. Hey, I have all the pronouns. Every, uh, every last one. There, there are so many other word choice issues that you don't even know. know you, you don't I even know. know what you don't know. I know. I'm the, ableist, apparently. Yeah. I say things that, that come off as ableist. I don't even know what that means. Uh, so my understanding of it is that what that means is that somebody who is able-bodied yeah. and able uh, and whose uh, and whose mental health is sound um, or strong, maybe mm-hmm. that's a better word for whatever they're going to be angry to say sound. Right, 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 right. Um, views that like everyone has to have that same sort of that's right. ability right. Um, to do anything in life, whereas people who don't have all these abilities can do a lot. Right. That's true, absolutely. Right. Neurodiversity, all yeah. the other things, yeah. Mm-hmm. All, I mean, all these things are, I think, true, but at the same point, like, it is not ableist to say that there is no benefit for mask mandates. You've never proven that in randomized studies, ergo, we need to strip it. That's not an ableist thought. Their counterargument is, well, the immunocompromised person out there is more vulnerable now thanks to your ableist view. That's what they kind of say it. Yeah. And I was like, well, oh, where's the evidence that's true? You have no evidence that that is true. You just made that up to fit your worldview. You're using that loaded rhetorical term ableist, but you have not proven to me that me wearing a useless cloth mask will protect them. And in fact, if anything, it may lead to worse outcomes because their behavior has changed in a way that is actually deleterious, right? Uh, you know, uh, risk compensation. Yeah, yeah. this is, I'm, um, you're preaching to the choir on this. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, so this, okay. okay, so so, 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 so much stuff okay. now because as you were talking, I remembered where I lost my train of thought mm-hmm. and it was simply this and then we're gonna get back to this. It was about your car keys. It was my car keys and, uh, you know, wait, whose glasses are these? What's even going on? I don't even know. Whose arm is this? Am I having a stroke? Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the part of the thing about the whole Maitland Jones piece yeah. was the press's notice our emotional response to the article headline itself. Yeah. So the minute people start sending me that, a hundred people are sending me it. And it's all that instant, like, where are you on this spectrum? And you'll just respond to the article that way. No one, very few people will dig into the nuance of the article like you and I just did, where we're like, okay, here's what's going on. What could be happening here? What could be happening here? Okay, here's where the kids are here. And so that's part of the problem with this kind of journalism of, um, of, of, of clickbait journalism. It's really going to appeal. Now, if you actually read the full New York Times thing, you will get some of that nuance. You'll get some of that You'll nuance. You'll get some of it. But it's clearly weighted in a certain direction to generate outrage. Of, oh, this old esteemed professor was fired. Okay, well, they, let- they don't acknowledge that he could be doing a shitty job. That's right. That's the one thing the that's article right. that's missing. That's right. But okay, but, but right. he could be doing a shitty job. Okay, but go on. Go that's on. right. So, so they're, the, they're, they're getting our emotional cue. But why is it hitting a chord? Yeah, why is it hitting a chord? Because it's something true in our experience that you've pointed to and, and I've pointed Which to. Which is that we think these kids are weak. They're weak as hell. They're, first of all, I'm gonna go full ableism on this. They're completely unable. But let me draw a distinction here. Yes. Okay, to, to bail you out of a comment threat. No, oh, yeah, not yeah, to bail you out, but to, well, be, to, be, more on, no, no, to be yeah. more honest. Yeah. The best 15% of, of the students they're as hardworking as they ever were. Oh, they're even better than us, than we ever could have been. I'll tell you, yeah. I have a couple that like work with me. They're like, you know, 
they run more than I do. They bike more than yeah. I did at the age. They're, they're better. They cook better. They, they, they're, they're, they're fitter and they, and they work harder and they're smarter than I was at that age. And they meditate and they're spiritually yeah. more awake. You're like, who are these people? The this best is ones. progress. The best, the best ones. ones. Yeah. Okay. But there's a whole bunch of other people and they're probably the same as they were back in our days. But their difference is that now we have sanctioned, mm. we have sanctioned them in weak thinking. Yeah. Like back in the day, somebody who didn't work that hard wasn't that, they at least felt some remorse. Yeah. They felt like, well, it's up, to, you know, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I could do better. Maybe I should change myself because I'm not getting the grades that I want. Yeah. Now the whole world is, if I'm not doing well, it's your problem. Yeah, it's your you problem. didn't give me the right grade. That's right. And you know, the reason it's setting them up for failure is in this life, you know, there is no one on this planet you can change but yourself. That's right. Nobody will bow to you or bend to you. No. If you want to feel differently about something, you need to change your thinking and your behavior. A thousand percent. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's like we create our own worlds. So let's do it right. And that means taking responsibility, make, making yourself accountable. But it also means, look, look, if you are suffering, if someone is a total butt clown to you, you stand up for yourself and you do it. But not this way is all it. Like you said, it's almost like the it's the only sense of power they have. And uh, that's not a good way to, to feel in the world. You have all the power. Ultimately. You do. You and do. let's say I mean, I had a let's say hypothetically. Maitland Jones is lost it and he's not as good as he was. Right. Hypothetically. I had teachers like that. Sure. And what did I do? I didn't accept the bad grade. No, yeah, yeah. I still got the good grade. Why? Yeah, yeah. Because I had to work four yep. times as yep. hard to yep. outsmart them yep. to know that even though this person isn't putting it in yep. and this person is pissed off, this person's not a good teacher, yep. I can still learn the material either from their lecture notes or their slides or from other students who took the class or whatever. Yeah. Because I I didn't throw my hands up in defeat. I didn't say, I didn't, we never would have signed a petition. That's the other thing that's arrogant. It's yeah. so, sign a petition and 82 out of 300 people sign it. By the way, that means that the bulk of the opinion, you don't know what it is because yeah. they didn't sign it. You don't know. But everything's a petition. Yeah. Sign a petition to change, change the name of the lecture hall, right. to change a professor, right. to change the name of this thing, right. to move the statue from here to there or turn it, I don't know, all these petitions. Everyone is distracted. None of this matters. Focus, put your head down, learn the topic. I agree with you. Orgo shouldn't be the prerequisite. If you want to fix that, and I wanted to fix that for a long time. You can go check my paper trail. 2009, I published on this topic. It shouldn't be a prerequisite in academic medicine. I published again in another, uh, I forget the journal name, but it was, uh, it's called, um, um, oh my God. Mad Magazine? No, uh, I, I'm, I'm an old man, so I even forget the title. Uh, it's called um, <laughs> um, Persistent Reservations in the Pre-Medical Curriculum. It's something uh, about how they continue to uh, oppose these kinds of yep, reforms. Yep. So, I mean, if you really think orgo shouldn't be a prerequisite, I don't think it should be, then you know what you got to do? You got to become a doctor, become a med ed and then yep. pull that out. Yeah, that's right. And and, and you, you have to- you, you have to use some degree of science and reason together yeah. to try to determine what's a good proxy then to measure what's gonna make a good doctor. And is it is it a one size fits all or is, you know, a good surgeon is different than a good oncologist is different. That's true. Good medicine. I mean, they're all different. And then the good researcher is very different than that. And, and somebody in drug development, they might need to know orgo. They need it. Or somebody who's gonna go, yeah, some kind of pharmacological thing. Do the pharmacists need to know organic chemistry? I don't know. Mm, I'm not sure, because I don't know enough about their general day-to-day day practice. Maybe it's just take the yellow pill or the blue pill. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I do love, I love yeah. what you said that what should you be screening for? It ought to be the ability to actually look at data and go, does this thing actually work? Right. Yeah. Now, the, the other thing, the other okay. piece that yeah. tied into this, uh, well, there's two things. So the first is you were talking about this whole idea of using the, you know, like Z year old and you don't even know like all the things. Yeah. Well, listen to yeah, this. Yeah. So there, I don't know if you saw this. There was, re we didn't talk about this before the show because it just came into my head again. Um, my buddy sent me this, this, um, thing from Scientific American. It was an op-ed. It was oh, written by three people. God, God help. And no. the term <laughs> Jedi, J-E-D, 
DI. Okay. Justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. I didn't know Is that. used in that space. Okay. They wrote an- I thought about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, 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 duh, right? Because that's where the Jedi ought to be. Okay, well, so this well, yeah, whole okay, yeah. op-ed was how they should not use Jedi because it has the connotation of Star Wars and the Jedi were the opposite of diversity, inclusion, and justice. Right, they were of all races. And I mean, wasn't isn't that green thing this, a Jedi? This, and then that- This is literally what it said. This is what they said. They said that they, the Jedi were eugenicists no, they, they use that? that term. The Jedi? The Jedi. I haven't watched enough Star Wars. To because know. because they're what? selecting for people with the midi-chlorians to, who have the force and bringing oh. them into their tribe. So okay. you have to be born with a certain genetics in order to be a Jedi. So they were eugenicists. I see. But I guess one thing is they've assumed that the force is a genetic trait and it might be um, uh, some joie de vie, some spark of, I don't know what it might be. Well, you know, you know the problem is uh, uh, Lucas uh, degenerated it into your midi-chlorian count in uh, I don't the know what Phantom that word Menace. Means. Yeah, so apparently in the prequels, The Phantom Menace, he was like, this Anakin Skywalker has the highest midi-chlorian count I've oh, ever measured. I see. And apparently they're little force particles. I so they, they reduced this mystical I thing see. To midichlorians, so that's what they were saying. The other thing they were saying it's is- like that, an LDL. L, yes, it's like LDL. Like, gotcha. what's your LDL? What's your midichlorians? Oh, gotcha. they're off the chart. Oh, dude, okay. you got so much force power, bro. I see. Um, so that is eugenicist. Eugenicist, because then it's white inborn. saviorism. So that mm. the Jedi come into different planets and they, they try to save them from themselves. I see. But Jedi. now many of them are not white. In fact, none of them really are white because they're all aliens. So can you really call them Caucasian? I don't know, uh, but many of them are green. But I mean, the movies, were, the movies were made in the seventies where, That's true. I mean, Every, all the actors. But, but now all the actors in the new movies are like very diverse. Multicultural, right. exactly. And then they said that uh, they're violent, of course. Well, they are defenders of the Galactic yeah. Republic. So, but the thing is- But I, I see where you're going. Your point is that this well, is the shit they're talking this about. This is what they're talking and about. And one more example, the Journal of Hospital Medicine has an article about how we shouldn't use the word tribalism to describe, you know, what we would call tribe. I mean, I don't know what other word to use. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you know what? Because they think tribalism has been co-opted by the right. This is a thing that I've read. No, recently. I thought it was an insult to Native American sort of. That's what they, that's what, oh, okay. But oh, they're okay. saying all the people on the right use this term tribalism. Yeah, you guys are behaving, it's all tribalism. And it's like, they don't care that it's, you know, Native Americans are angry and this and this and the other. And it's like, we've been using tribalism for a long time. And are Native Americans even angry about it? It's like, is it like Latinx where like, if you ask somebody who's Latino, they'll say, stop saying Latinx. But if you ask a rich white person from the suburbs, they'll say Latinx. Like, which is it? It's interesting. So I have gotten an email from a Native American, someone who identifies as Native okay. American saying, you use the term tribe a lot, tribalism a lot, just so you know, this is what it means to my people. And the way you use it is a different connotation. And well, we what about a karma? You're right, karma. I'm Indian, and first of all, that's not how we pronounce it. That's right. But I see the karma. Yeah, Car the, what's your karma? karma? How, good karma, right, buddy? I'm like, oh my god, bro, your karma's crap. It's almost a, it's almost a cultural appropriation kind of question at that point. Like, what are you doing? But all culture is cultural appropriation. But I guess what I want to say is like, I don't go to people and I say, stop using karma like right. that, and stop, right. and stop doing yoga if you can drink all those glasses of red wine. That's <laughs> right. That's <laughs> right. Okay, but I mean, I guess the, I mean, maybe we're going the same place. But my, the point I want to make is. The point that <laughs> you can either win the issues that matter. Yes, right. Or you can win this word police game. This nonsense game. And if you play this word police game, you're losing so many people. Yeah. You do not understand. The reason that article Maitland Jones is resonating, the reason it's exploded across, most many people, they're 
whether or not the story is true, they want the archetype of the students are picking on things that don't matter. They're not, you know, just sucking it up like we used to suck it up. And again, there, there's an, there's something in between. If he's abusive, if he's really like the worst professor on totally. earth, there should be some format to throw him out. Yeah. I don't know what it should be. Yeah. But maybe it's this. Maybe it's what happened. Yeah. We don't know. Maybe it was not. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Maybe that's true in this case, right. actually. But because you've abused this so many times in so many instances and picking on all these words. I don't know. If you want to change the word, start using it the way you want to use it. Yeah. And then let the, or change let the organically. Culture, let the culture change it organically. I just don't, I guess I'd be struck with, I don't see what you gain at all by taking somebody who is basically you because they don't know you, but yeah. I know you. You are, you are not a conservative right-wing person right. from a red state. You live in, <laughs> yeah, the most liberal place on earth and you are probably by all benchmarks an extremely progressive person you just may not be as progressive as they want you to be <laughs> right. and then they want to like tell you what to do and they don't see they are losing all the issues yeah. that matter yeah yeah it, it's, it's, it's a kind of a scolding tone a to scolding. a lot of times but you know I have to say that conversation I had with this particular person was yeah. very productive you know because we went back and forth because I actually take those emails seriously yeah, like those are emails true. where I'm like okay well there is a, there's a definitely a power differential between different racial groups in this country. To this day. To this day. And so it behooves anybody who's in a group that isn't as disadvantaged to listen when someone says, hey, you know, this is my concern with this. Okay, fine. Okay, we'll but uh, then the, the added asterisk is like, what if you will definitely find somebody from Venezuela who likes Latinx, but every yeah. survey I've ever read. They of, don't. Uh, yeah. So we have to like be careful that the right. person emailing That's you right. is not That's the- That's right. Because, Very good point. Okay, you so, need a big sample size. You need to do the science correctly. Because right, Latinx is an interesting one because they're trying to degenderify a state language, a language, a language that, that is, is gender based on gender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Latina, Latino, etc. So you and know, even it, the nouns, even the nouns, La Iglesia. Right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Whereas even you know, like English, like like in in Asian languages, they don't even have those gendered things. So a lot of uh, Asian people will miss pronoun people. And somebody told me that in Mandarin, they don't even have tense. Like, yeah, it's not even, yeah. There's not even tense. Like uh, yesterday I do this and today I do this. Right, is, which is, is that, why is that, in English, a lot of times they'll they'll miss tense or they'll miss pronoun and so on. And then you ascribe some degree of incompetence to their ability to speak English, whereas they're just really wired that way. Like Just like they are more likely to have perfect pitch Mandarin right. speakers, because early on they're exposed Tonality. to tonal language, right? And so, just like Mark Zuckerberg is good vocabulary, but his language don't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the last. That's the last piece I want to say before we go on to that. Uh -huh. So you like that segue? I love it. It was good. It was good. Your 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 right brain is on fire today. Um, Maitland Jones. Maitland Jones. So Maitland Jones. The other piece was you were talking about kids and how they've changed over pandemic and how maybe Maitland Jones is oh, yes, responding yes, to yes. that. So there was a study. Now I put study in quotes because mm. this is a psychological study. We know that those so are it's often- good for hidden brain. That's right. And by the way, hidden brain, brain was probably number one on that ranking. I, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, what's, his, what's the guy's name? Shankar Vedanta. Uh, Shankar. Yeah, uh, he's Shankar. a brother. We'll give him that. Yeah, he's that. We'll give him that. But it's always like, according to a study of four, 42 people. That's right. That's right. So this is like, this was an NPR article about, according to a study out of Cornell. Yeah. 42 Cornell first year students who are entirely representative of Americans. Of the world. Of the world. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly right. So they, what they looked at was the big <laughs> five personality traits, okay, okay. ocean, openness mm -hmm. to experience, conscientiousness, mm -hmm. extroversion, like how, how are, are you connecting with people, agreeableness, which is generally kind of politeness and ability to get yeah. along, and neuroticism, which Ooh. is the only like kind of pure negative one that I kind see. of like high stress anxiety. Like, but no, you need a little neuroticism to, to check the boxes. You right? need it, but it's the one that if it goes up, 
The other ones, if they go up, it's 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 okay. If the neuroticism goes up, so does the N95. <laughs> <laughs> so that you're reading the mind of the study. So what oh. they found was pre-pandemic, intra-pandemic, post-pandemic. <clears throat> Personality generally does not change much over time, That's those ocean, right? But they can change during acute events, during big personal tragedies and that kind of thing. And in general, children as they age get slightly more agreeable, less neurotic and more conscientious. And that's all been correlated with better outcomes in terms of employment, income, and that kind of thing. Sure. So there's, okay. and which, which chicken and egg, right? Sure, okay, so right, 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 right. That all said, <clears throat> what they found is pre and post pandemic, extroversion, what is it? Neuroticism, okay. They looked at a whole population and they subfractionated into young people and older people. Oh, okay. okay, everybody across the population had increase or decreases in openness, extroversion, uh, agreeableness. So those good sort of characteristics started to decrease, but with kids, those decreased and neuroticism went up oh, instead of coming down. Mm -hmm. Now, does this surprise anyone? This is like the New England Journal of Duh. Right. Okay. Uh, what they and they were they were trying to come up with reasons, and I'm like, oh, let me see. Um, virtual school, uh, keeping people apart, putting masks on faces, treating them like vectors, treating them like vectors, telling them they're going to kill grandma, telling them they're going to die. They're going to die. So they're wearing a, a full like hazmat suit getting on a plane. And you wonder why neuroticism went up, extroversion, agreeableness, and openness went down. And these things are correlated with success. Now that doesn't so mean- So you like the study because we already believe the conclusion. That's right. I mean, so my really, confirmation yeah, yeah, yeah. bias pulled it's, this. And it, what was funny is it's funny when, as I was reading it, I was like, <clears> yeah, confirmation bias, confirmation bias, total crap study, confirmation bias. I Let's say. talk about it on the show. But I mean, I guess I'd say I didn't even need the study to say that like, you know, I see it everywhere that people yeah. have been there. The thermostat for disease and life is not everybody. Actually, to be honest, most people are normal. Yeah. When you actually go out into the world and travel and we were supposed to talk about it, but you know, I've been traveling a lot lately, giving yeah. a lot of talks and you've been traveling some lately, yeah, giving so some talks. Yeah. And when you go out into the world, you'll see like 99% of America is totally back to normal. They're done. They're done with everything and they're not going to do anything again. And that's probably why the little bivalent booster that they had to rush to market because it's going to be too late if we don't get it there fast has 3% up there because ain't nobody want it Yeah, because they've already had Omicron or they don't care anymore. Then I'm yep. worried. Yep. Um, so people are back to normal, but there is a tiny fraction of people that is stuck and they're stuck in peak pandemic. Yep. They're stuck in N95s and they're stuck in neuroticism. Yeah. And uh, it's not healthy for them. And they happen to be disproportionately enriched in universities yes and in the new york times in these in these major journalism outlets high neuroticism because they're sitting from home working on their laptop writing their yeah. zoom stories totally and you know what's funny so speaking of the, the travel talks yeah. you know so i was in virginia i did a talk recently yeah and it was wonderful like nobody's yeah. wearing masks it was great but you could kind of feel like people come up after do selfies do all this kind of thing and what what, what was happening is there was one person i had an interaction with they were like, oh yeah, it's just, I really loved your talk for these reasons, da, 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 da. And I went to move a little closer to them because we were about the distance we're apart. And I went to move a little closer and they backed up. Because of the halitosis. It was the halitosis, <laughs> it was, it was. How'd you know, dude? No, no. Yeah, oh, you're they backed up because they were scared of COVID. They were scared of COVID the and they were conditioned. Like I could tell it was, it was, yeah, it was an unconscious, they just kind of, kind of backed. And, and you could see a kind of a, there was almost a look on the face of like, just like after we finished residency, if you would make beep, 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 I'd reach, oh, for, I'd reach oh, for my belt. Reach for the belt. It's conditioned. Or you hear that vent alarm that they used to have the 
Yeah, and I'd go, I go run to go run to like see what's going on. Take off the auto peep. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, look at the crepitus. Yeah. Look at the. Dude, by the way, this is like beauty filter vinai, real life vinai, beauty filter vinai. Real life. I don't like how focus means less beautiful, <laughs> but okay, I'll allow it. Now, meanwhile, you talk about selfies. Did you see Galcom Flecken in this fiasco? No, I saw that he had done a thing for ASAP. Yeah. And then, yeah. okay. So I guess Galcom so Flecken. Gl- yeah. Who is he? Tell the world. I think I he's kind of, a, he's I, an forget, ophthalmologist? I forget his actual name, but uh, right. his, his, um, his nom de plume, his, uh, his moniker his, is Galcom Flecken, which I guess is some eye thing. It's an eye and thing. He's yeah. an eye doctor, private practice eye doctor in Oregon. And he um, makes funny videos. Yeah. And I think- TikTok uh, style. Yeah. TikTok short, style, yeah. short videos. And I think I've surely seen some that I've laughed at. Yeah. I think during the COVID-19 pandemic, he has um, you know been, been aligned with some of the more COVIDian type forces. Sure. And, and that's natural because I think his politics are extremely progressive and, you know, it goes hand in parcel with like, you know, and, it's the extreme left wing. And he's huge on Twitter. So in order to do that and survive. Maybe because Twitter yeah. is the extreme left wing place. It is place. the extreme left wing place. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what his personal views on all these matters are, but I suspect, right. but I've seen him, anytime I've seen him comment, it's all, you know, the, yeah. the, the standard party line on the extreme left sort right, of right, right. COVIDian kind of thing. Right. And then he goes to give the keynote at some what is it? Emergency medicine doctor convention. The American College of Emergency Physicians, which I've keynoted at, by the way. Ah, oh, yes, good. Yes, just just to, for comparisons of yeah. apples and apples. Apples, here. you've keynoted it. Yes, well, the great group. I've not keynoted it, but I have a feeling that they're not going <laughs> to. You'll never me. be asked. Yeah. Well, no. actually, no, who you knows? Will. Be- you will. Well, who knows? Because of the actual what this photograph shows. Oh, so what's happening? Okay, so because I don't know the story. Uh, yeah. Among emergency medicine physicians active on Twitter, you would think that we are in the throes of April 2020. Because right. they're always talking about how the hospital's always full and That's it's all right. backed up and hashtag wear a mask, hashtag save other lives, hashtag this. Meanwhile, you go out there and it's like, you know, yeah. 19, it's like, it's like uh, you know, 2019 out there. But anyway, there <laughs> are very several very vocal emergency medicine. I think people should know one bit of background. Twitter, the first specialty that infiltrated Twitter was emergency medicine. They were always yeah. one of the first ones yeah. to go to Twitter. Yeah. And they're all sort of um, by virtue of having been there longer, they have a lot more followers That's and they're true, very yeah. vocal. Yeah. And during the pandemic, you know, you every TV channel you turned on, you heard an emergency medicine frontline doctor, you know, because that's how they were portrayed in the TV media. And the frontline doctor would talk about the wisdom of of lockdown, which to me was a little bit problematic because you would really want to talk to somebody who has a lot of policy knowledge right. about the most broad sweeping historical policy change that has ever been implemented in human public health history. But I mean, or, 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 I mean or you can talk to a frontline person. Or you can talk never to a mind. I mean, never you can talk mind. to a hospitalist about like, should we force people not to smoke by law and gunpoint? And I would say, sure, because yeah. I see all the downside yeah. of smoking. And you know, maybe they should talk to me about the war in Ukraine and how to handle that. You know, I don't know, maybe, you know, okay. Because I understand the fallout of radioactive materials because it can cause cancer. Yeah, uh, mm, yeah. it's a I'm big the, deal. I'm the frontline when you, if you were to need, if you were to develop aplastic anemia after an un, untoward nuclear reaction, such ergo, Chern, such as Chernobyl, you would come to me come and to I would, I would be. I would would you prescribe you. me the iodine prophylaxis tablets? Uh, Depending on your, uh, the radius you uh, were to the site, I, I would uh, happily give you some that. iodine. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. And, um, and I would be the one to tell you if you need cord blood or, or mashed unrelated donor, you know, that that's, that's the Ooh. expertise I bring. And yeah. by that logic, I should be the one to advise you about the- uh, COVID lockdowns. The, uh, yeah, the COVID lockdowns. <laughs> and also whether or not we should continue to re-up arms in the Ukraine. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> okay, so back to this. Okay, so they're COVIDian. There are lots of ER doctors. They say, wear the mask, hashtag treat a mask. Right. And then he takes a selfie on stage. And in the selfie, he's cultivated a COVIDian following. 
like all his fans are covidians and the right. selfie is a video like a 10 second video of him with the crowd in the background and the crowd is thousands of people packed in a tiny auditorium and he's with his wife right yeah i think yeah, she's yeah. part of the yeah app, that's the, right that's the, right because yeah. she saved his life he had a cardiac arrest yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's almost like if you if it weren't true you wouldn't believe it i mean it's, yeah, like, it's, it's a, a lot crazy, of crazy story, story. Yeah. Okay. yeah um so he takes a photo of the audience and the audience is like 100% unmasked yep okay yeah so they tweet it and oh no yeah they get like the first pass is like people are like yay so much fun doctors having it's fun always the first pass are rational people rational people yeah <laughs> then the second pass is you know screw you i used to like you i used to follow oh, you but now God. now you're you're unmasked you're gonna all these doctors are gonna kill their patients you know and then the point i made which i commented about one of the comments which is i was like you know there is a, there is some truth here which is that there is an irony which is that these people who are active on Twitter saying hashtag wear a mask forever, they're not practicing what they preach. They are hypocrites. Yeah. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. Like, in, I really don't. But they happen to force their stupid fucking mask pause on the two-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's where it gets. In, in Head Start. You yeah. Know? The same yeah. morons yeah. who are tweeting that we should wear a mask forever yeah. Yeah. are creating a Head Start program in plan yeah. to keep them in mask. As of a month ago, they're yeah. tweeting this nonsense and then they go to a conference and they're not practicing what they preach no. because they're total hypocrites. And that to me is the issue. It's all fucking posturing yeah. on social media yeah. because social media is not the real world. Twitter's not the real world. So now, so is the is the so we violated our rule, but so uh, yeah, I know. But maybe we're going to drop a couple F because you know what? You can't mask kids in Head Start. They're the most vulnerable group. You have yeah, no data. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. use you. Your brain is not working. If you think that's oh, a, the that's left a, brain's working. Yeah, well, <laughs> the neuro, the neurotic part of the brain, the is neurotic working. left brain. Yeah. I mean, I think you you really have to worry about like some serious uh, psychiatric problem if somebody genuinely believes that's actually going to help the pandemic. Yeah. Because that doesn't well, make any sense at all. You know, and one side note about that that yeah. I forgot to mention in this one is is the left brain is associated with emotion. It's mostly righteous anger. Mm. And the left brain is actually blind to the fact that it could ever be wrong. So it, it's actually always right. And it, it, so it, it's almost like we're seeing that kind of manifest. But you're right, it's total hypocrisy. So did Glaucoma Flecken get in trouble then? So- He's a, I think, a savvy Twitter user, yeah. so he knows the right answer is say nothing. Right. So he just like let it coast. Right. But um, I think there were the waves, the wave of people who liked it, the yeah. wave of people who hated on him, yep. and then the wave of people who liked to see the fighting, the that's, circular firing squad, are eating the, yeah, are eating the popcorn. Right. Yeah. That may and, be us. <laughs> because because it is a circular firing squad. Right. If purity is the person, if the last person to take off the N95 is the most pure person, then then all of us but one are are impure. And they have created a situation. And Glaucom Fecklin is, I mean, he's he's in part complicit with this because he has been pushing that messaging live, for a long live time. By the, live by the sword. Live yeah. by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. If you believe that there is, if you did, you need to articulate under what circumstances you believe it is safe to withdraw the mask. I articulated it very early on. The moment you get vaccinated, that's the moment to drop it. I stand by that articulation that was right in 2021 when I wrote it. It's right today. They have created a new standard they're using words like ableism and eugenics and all these other loaded words, mm -hmm. but they will not specify under what circumstances they want to drop it, except they're dropped it in their personal life because no one can actually abide by it. And so they are hypocrites, but their rhetoric has perpetuated this fiasco for the most vulnerable children in whom the data is the poorest. And that's what, yeah. Hey, you know who does that too? Uh, the state of Iran. 
where oh. women are in the streets protesting against head cut forced head coverings yeah. as the purity but aspect. People, people don't like these. These comparisons, yeah. I know. I knew the minute I said it, I'm like, I'm gonna get a thousand angry tweet, not that I look at Twitter, but a thousand angry messages about how dare you compa compare the science to a theocracy. I guess, I mean, uh, you know, as bad as I think it is for the kids in this country, I, I'm sure it's worse to be a woman in Iran. A thousand percent. A thousand worse, times. Yeah. But there, the root across many societies is that people who are vulnerable, who don't have power, can have other people force them to do that's things. That's what it is, yeah. 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 And, and, and people will force you to do things that they themselves won't do. That's right. Well, now it's like almost the force is more a social pressure, you know? Like yeah. you and I both will cow to the social pressure if we're in a room where everybody's wearing a mask and they're staring at you. It's I kind of like- I just had to. I just had to yeah. once, but I was like- mm. Yeah, I've had to do it too. But I didn't want them to, because you know, the, the irony is like, not only do, are you the one not doing it, but you're the only one they- They'll remember because they, they see your face. They see your face. I know. I don't know who that guy was. Yeah, exactly. It's totally true. But you know, it is. It's a very right brain kind of thing to go. You know what? Choose your battles, and it, this is not going to change anybody's opinion. Me not wearing a mask. In this so, what room. do you think about Gokum Fekin? Yeah. So, so this is my this is my take, and I kind of I did I didn't see the follow up. I, I just saw I I saw his thing showed up in my Twitter feed. I think because. It, it, I thought it was so interesting. I was like, wow, his wife and him did a talk together and what an interesting story. And I know ASAP and I know that audience. And I, so I was looking at it and it did, I was like, wow, nobody wears, wearing a mask. This is great. Yeah, like yeah. that was my initial yeah, thing. I was yeah. like, oh, wow, at least, you know, we're not seeing like all this COVIDian craziness and, and this is great. And then hearing now what you're saying, I'm like, yeah, this is, but I have been through this myself. There's a million other tweets about like their their selfies with the mask because they want to hashtag virtue See, signal. I won't do that. Like if if it so this is the thing you have to have some now, authenticity. Maybe yeah, authenticity. Now maybe that's authentically what he believes, right? That he should have worn a mask and he regrets it and so on and so forth. Oh, glaucoma flecking. Or and all the audience members. Oh, are you talking about? Oh, are you wait wait wait? So you mean? I don't know what he believes actually, yeah. but well, I know, yeah, yeah. but he has some video about CDC where he was very critical of CDC relaxing policies. I like, see. So I would say that, um, and from, from the tweets of his, I've seen where he has rarely commented about policy. He is on the COVIDian spectrum. Got it. And, um, but, but his, his de devotees are true COVIDians. Right, right, right. Well, or, well, and let's give him, let's, um, let's see why that might be. It could be also the political thing could be that he's on Twitter. It could be also that he's an ophthalmologist and people's in his face like this. And for him, like- The halitosis. Yeah, the halitosis. He's doing it for the halitosis. He's doing it for the halitosis. I mean, an N95 will screen out 33% of halitosis particles. Ironically, surgical masks don't stop halitosis, which should tell you something about their efficacy. Exactly. Because so, the stank, if it don't block the stank, put it back in the tank, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a funny episode. And, yeah, well, so, okay. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, glaucoma flecken. If that's how you say it, I don't even, glaucoma flecken. Glaucom I, flecken. I don't know. Um, as someone who apparently has narrow angles and needs to see an ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist the end of this month, uh, you are hereby invited to come and talk about this on the uh, VPZD show, it, but you have to come in person and we'll ask him about it. And is he allowed to wear a mask? You are not allowed to wear a mask in our set. Oh, but we I will think I don't boot he... you out because it's just inhuman in yeah, this place okay. because we're all triple vaccinated and open invitation. But I suspect he'll be he'll do the wise thing, which is let, it, did, let did, it die. Yeah, let, let it die. die. Yeah, yeah let that's it what die. I would do. Yeah, yeah. that's what I have done. Um, but I guess if if to be honest, if I was on stage and I had that, you wouldn't get that. None of this would happen. Why? Because did VP ever once ever say, once say, ever once say he's walking the walk, doing exactly what I said I would do. That's, you know what, the, that's the hypocrisy. You know what it's like? Component. It's yeah. like the Republican congressperson who's against abortion, 
but then they paid for an abortion. Yeah, right? yeah. Herschel really, Walker. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, always a, there's, there, yeah. there's always another all of, one. All of them, all of them. It's hypocrisy is the standard of care whenever you're virtue signaling. Usually yes. that purity. I mean, you think these, I mean, the uh, the morality police in Iran are the paragons of virtue? You know, they're probably oh, sure they're rapists and horrible people that are just using a chance to beat women and it's an throw them idea. in a van, like, you know? Is there anyone who virtue signals who's actually virtuous? It's a great question. Because maybe, why would you? Maybe Francis, Pope Francis. Pope Francis. Maybe, I don't even know. I, from all accounts I've heard is the legit good dude. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But, but there are definitely others in those cloaks who- Uh-uh. I'm gonna run fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's That is a projection few. issue, yeah. But you know, one thing that we don't do, I hope not, but let's ask the listeners. Yeah, maybe we do do it. Do we actually signal, virtue signal? I don't mm. think so. Let's I, think, what could possibly we do that was virtue signaling, not maybe talking about not having to wear a mask when you don't need to? But there's no virtue in that. Not like, virtue, it's an anti virtue. And, and in fact, we said it at the time where it was deeply unpopular. Right. At least among the crowds. What we else hang have out we with. said that's unpopular? I mean, the only thing we virtue, a lot of we're virtuous about is. Depends on the crowd, right? Quality of the evidence. Yeah. But we don't virtue food or drink. No. We don't claim to be living better than you. No. In fact, we're probably living worse than you. <laughs> yeah. I'd say recently, sleep has been a problem. Have you slept? I, I'm You've usually been, a good sleeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't like sleeping in hotel rooms because all, this, all the it. sounds. I can't do it. I, I end up running brown noise on my laptop all night. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> what's, it's like, a, what's it's like the Dutch brown and white noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, brown, <laughs> brown noise because Dutch. I'm inclusive. I'm oh, a Jedi. Yeah, I'm a see. Jedi. Oh, I see. I'm a Jedi. Uh, yeah, it's like apparently a mix of white noise and some other low frequencies. Calls it brown. Do you really listen to this kind of noise? So I, I, I have a noisemaker at home that we use when we sleep and so I'm used to it. So when I go on to hotels, I run it too. And it, it masks a lot of background noise. And then it also, I'm just used to it. But I still don't sleep well in hotels. Like when it's I It's always like, it's hard to sleep in an unfamiliar setting. Unfamiliar setting. And especially when you have something to do the next day, like you got to go give a talk for a few hundred people. Speaking of which you say, I generally sleep well, but not this morning because- I agreed to give a talk on East Coast, 7 a.m. That's 4 a.m. our time. Oh, God help so us. I had to wake up at 3.50 and You need a in. better writer, Vinay Prasad. Writer of my contract. Yeah, like in your contract. Like mine says I want a pool full of You've green m You've assumed one thing, that there's a contract. There's no contract. <laughs> they just emailed me and like, will you do this? I was like, okay. There's no contract. So there's no writer in a contract. It's just like, did it for free. Yeah, and- dude, because you're, acad- you're, you're the academic hero, dude. You're just going out and doing these things. I'm so like, I will not... I mean, virtual is one thing, but like in-person talks, you, you, I tell you now, like you gotta, you gotta do a lot to get me to come physically where you are because it's such an ordeal. Like the, the Virginia thing was wonderful. The crowd was amazing. It was federally qualified health centers, like the people doing God's work, like on the front lines, primary care, like wonderful humans. And I, I had some great conversations, a lot of VPZD fans, That's a good. lot of VP who were like, I could never say this publicly. I'm like, why? Yeah. That, I mean, this is terrible. Like, tweet that. Yeah, right, right. But, but, um, <laughs> to get there, it was a five hour flight or whatever to Detroit, and then an hour and a half flight on a tiny little rickety thing to get to Richmond, and you get there at midnight. Then you do the talk the next morning, and then you fly back, and it's another like 12 hour collective between connections. Oh my and I'm like, you know, I'm old. Like, I don't do this really well. And uh, that time is now I can't do my show, I can't spend time with family, I can't get work done. Can't, can't exercise. Can't exercise. Um, sitting in a spot where I have two clotting disorders. You don't get to cook. Oh yeah, your clotting disorder. Yeah, I mean, right. You talked about your predisposition. But I guess my question for you is, why'd you choose that flight path? If I had to go to Richmond, I would fly into Reagan. Uh-huh, and, and then drive. And take a car, yeah. Yeah, I looked at that. The, the car ride was two hours. Yeah. And so I thought, 
I thought foolishly that this would be better. And honestly, in the end, it probably was okay. Yeah. But, um, and I have to say like the guy who picked me up from the airport was awesome. He like owned the company that does the rides. Nice, yeah. And so we got to talk and we, he had this Lincoln Continental 2021 <laughs> and uh, they don't make them anymore apparently. Oh, and so classic. he was, I, I showed real curiosity about this car because I don't know much about American luxury cars. And and he was just talking it up about all the different features. And we listened to the stereo and he's like, I hope you like classic rock. I'm like, bro, come on. And so we were listening to Kansas or something. Uh -huh. Carry on my wayward son in this Lincoln Continental at midnight cruising in Richmond. Crank, I had him crank it. And that was a highlight, honestly, of the of the whole thing. And then you finger picked Dust in the Wind. I did. You know I was like, Dust in the Wind. No, I air finger picked it. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, it's a classic. Can you play it? Uh, I used to. Wow. When I was in college. Oh, you could you could learn it in an afternoon. It's not a hard song to learn. Oh, you have to teach me. You know, we, you know okay. what we got to do? We got to go on the road with two guitars and do like a stupid parody. Uh, the Dave Matthew, Tim Reynolds kind exactly, of. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't play that much anymore. Me neither, yeah. I you you nice have one out. Guitar. Yeah, I have it out because for a while I went through a phase where the middle-aged man decided he was gonna play a lot again. And I, I got reasonable to it because most, mostly what I do is improvise over yeah. backing chords. That's my thing. But when you don't play, you know, the calluses go away. They go away. And then when you do play, it's you're bleeding out of your fingers. Did you ever read the story about Stevie Ray Vaughan? You know, no, 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 what happened? Well, like Vaughn was known for like heavy string. And you know, so if you listen to Steve, Steve Ray's like- He had like 13 gauge strings or something. 13 gauge, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yes. I mean, and he's also terrific. And like, oh, I mean- every, and the tone. Lenny, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, every yeah, song, yeah. Pride and Joy. I mean, Texas yeah. Flood, everything is all brilliant. Of it, all of it. Um, but I heard once, I mean, and also he's like high, high, like, high as a kite. All the time, like, all yeah. The time. Um, but I heard once he was like about to play, and this is an apocryphal story, so I don't know if it's true. So somebody can put in the comments if it's true, that he was about to play and he tore a callus off his finger. And so he was like, oh shit. And so he took a knife and it cut a piece of his heel oh, and then glue, super glued that to no. his fingertip. That is a freaking star. You have to be really high to pull that off. <laughs> Man, yeah. that guy, wow. And he died in that plane. Called it a free flap. Yeah, helicopter accident with Bob. Uh, yes. Bob Rock, was it? I don't remember. The irony is use all those drugs and you die in like- I know in a plane. Ah, so speaking of drugs, schools. You were going to say something about school. I know. Talk about oh, a segue. Yeah. Okay. Maybe this will be the last thing. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we got to run. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to have a real more fun conversation. But okay. <laughs> so these are these are real things that are still. This is like October third. This is still happening. These are tweets or articles. This is a real email sent. Okay. Let me read it to you. Okay. Dear members of the Mount Holyoke College community. As we approach September 30th, the date at which our indoor mask mandate is set to expire, I'm writing with an update. I'm sorry to say that because of the relatively high confirmed COVID-19 case count on campus, approximately 50 per week, we will need to continue our indoor mask mandate until further notice. While I'm eager to move us from a mask mandate to a masks welcome and encourage policy, it is clear that the current levels of infection have taxed our campus healthcare system and residential services to the limit. As is the case across the country, Mount Holyoke is coping with position vacancies that are proving hard to fill. Making a change to the mask policy at a time when some of our campus operations are understaffed would be imprudent. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke, right? This no, is a parody. This is a real Mount Holyoke This, this email. is actually happening. Let me read Fordham University. Fordham University, Fall 2020 Protocols. All university faculty, students and staff must be fully up to date as defined by CDC as of November 1st, 2022, which includes the updated, updated bivalent booster. No. Yeah. And then there's one, then there's a president of the Fordham University um, partying at the Metropolitan Museum unmasked. Of course. Of course. And then this is another policy from Amherst. Prior to October 17th, faculty members will conduct an anonymous survey of their classes, either by collecting handwritten 
no names. Responses to the question, should masks be required in this class? If anyone in the class, including the instructor, wants to continue with masking, then the masks will be required. To which Nick Christakis at Yale, the Sterling Professor of Medicine, says, this masking policy is absurd and doesn't follow science. Oh, And there's another one that I can't find right now. I'm going to look for it. What's, what, what's the commonality so far? They're all like small liberal arts schools or what's going on? Yeah, they're all, I think, liberal arts schools catering to the extreme far left COVIDian, the Glaucom Flecken crowd. Right. And they're creating irrational, pointless, futile, dehumanizing rules just to show that they're pure. It's a it's a virtue signaling at a collegiate level. This is, okay, so what's crazy about this is the first one where you said, oh, you know, the reason we're keeping this in is that our student health is busy. Yeah, and but our residential without services. any data. Yeah, so we're gonna force everybody in the campus to wear a covering on their face that most likely isn't even helping. Correct. Because it's most likely a cloth piece of shit. Correct. And we're gonna do that until further notice to just kind of maintain this uh, semblance of control over the situation. And that is absolutely, I would, I would demand my tuition back and demand to go to a real school. Fordham University, this is the last one. All visitors on campus, six months of age and older. No. Will require proof of vaccination. No. To which I reply, I'm sorry. You don't look like the baby in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like stormtroopers. Like these aren't the droids you're looking for. You know, show us your papers. You thought Cal Academy was hardcore. Oh, dude. It's like, uh, show me your vaccine card and yeah. the child's. And the child's. I'm sorry. And then and then they make the child pull the mask down so they can see his face. <laughs> and, and, and and they and they make the child. They goes. I'm sorry. So so uh, what's your name? It's like a six month old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, the, have you been vaccinated? And the mother's like, he's only five. He's not five months. He's ad- eligible. Oh, that looks like a six month old baby to me. Let's see if he can roll over or whatever. I, <laughs> yeah, I forget yeah, all the- yeah, yeah. Watch this. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> he still has his moral reflex. reflex huh? Yeah. Now, doesn't that go away? Or? It does go away. So, which is the one that you get at six months? Oh, 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 oh. What? Yeah. They get a. Uh, the milestones. They definitely roll. I think they roll at six. Perhaps. I forget my own kids now. There's but milestones, but you know, I don't know, maybe the AAP is probably changing them as we see. That's true. That's <laughs> true. No. And, you but know, they, you know, they did change those, the word, I mean, you know this? Wait, what? They changed the word milestone? Yeah, there was the big controversy around the ages and stages questionnaire. They changed like the number of words a kid should master. Oh, Actually, they changed, I, I think it was the level with which a consultancy was triggered. And they said it was all based on a pre-planned change to lower the false positive rate. Oh my um, gosh. But it just happened to coincide with like their mask zealotry. And oh they happen my. to be an organization that has about zero credibility, you know? Wow. So, wow. so who wow. knows when they change the rollover baby in? But, um, oh, dude, this is depressing. But you know what? It's a fringe. It's honestly a fringe. But it's a fringe that's going to be the, I mean, this is educated, educating kids. It's sad. It's, yeah, like, it's like the saddest kid. If I honestly pull your kids out of those schools, man. I mean, if your kids are in those schools, you probably have a lot of money because that's the kind of schools that the kids, right? Absolutely. And that person with money should pull their kids out of school. And yeah, send them put them like, in a real school. Yeah. Send I mean, them to Texas school. Send them to some school that they got no rule. I mean, what are you teaching your kid? You're, te- you're teaching them no science. You're teaching yeah. them if they don't like Maitland Jones's teaching right, to right. write the petition. To write the petition. This is the hand in yeah, hand. That's right. The Maitland that's Jones right. of the world. Yep. Let's say he's a good teacher, yep. but he's a hard grader. Yeah. That hypothetical. Yep. You've set it up for that. Yeah. You've, you're digging, you're shooting. It's again, the circular firing squad. And then what if you were like in class and then you're like, um, you're like, uh, Vinay, do you, you know the answer to that question? You know what? I don't know the answer to that question. And one more thing, professor, it's time you put a mask on. Boom, gotcha. <laughs> 
because <laughs> one person votes. Yeah. That's the, again, giving yeah. them too much power. Yeah. This is crazy. The one neuro- high neuroticism kind of person who's super anxious and would lock themselves in their house if they could can make everyone wear a mask. What's the science behind- With no science. What? This is crazy. By the way, I've yet to see people who keep saying, well, this is the science. Where, where is that science again? Every time they say it is, they refer you to MMWRs. <laughs> right, right, right. And by right. the way, we've got some project going on this and we're going to- Oh, that'll be A lot good, of yeah. updates. Yeah. I, oh, I have a lot of peer review papers on COVID coming. Nice. Oh, yeah. Who are your peers that review this? Is no, it this me? Is, these, are, these are good journals. Oh. I mean, I, I don't control it. The editor picks it. Yeah, so actual peer review. Oh, yeah, because so many yeah. papers, I mean, you know, peer review papers aren't like commentaries. They take longer to do. Yep. But when I'm done with them, they're going to be good. So, la- so la- dude, I'm excited. So last thing I'm going to say is our prophecy that- this mishandling of vaccine mandates and all this other oh, stuff. Oh yeah, last topic. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's it's bearing the fruit because now there is a large increase in anti-vaccine legislation around the country that will even affect the mandate for kids' vaccines, normal kids' vaccines, and we, what we've seen is mm-hmm. the uh, rate of population sort of. Uh, adherence to mm-hmm. ch- childhood vaccines as a theory, as a principle, went from 90 plus percent in the, uh, to around 2001 to 80 something. It's mm-hmm. dropped by 10 percentage points since the pandemic. Why? Because nobody trusts people who don't actually make any sense. Yeah. And when you blow your mandate load on something that yeah. shouldn't be mandated, that's right. That's what's gonna happen. So that's just- You know, our- and then the more they kept saying, the COVID-19 shot in a four-year-old is just like routine vaccination. Yeah, yeah. What you're really saying is routine vaccination is is not that important. It's trash. Because you should have been clear. Routine vaccination is important, but whether or not they get the COVID shot is like, you can do it if you want it. We're not going to push it. In fact, Pfizer technically failed the non-inferiority margin. We have to give them a protocol amendment. And that's what other countries are doing. They're not enforcing it. They're not pushing it. They're not... um, they're rational actors. Yeah, European Right countries. brain, left brain balance. I wonder why Europe has done so much better than we in these policies. You know, they're just generally, uh, yeah, it's a good question actually. You know, there's Sensible Medicine we published this week that Israeli, she's like a cancer center director. Yeah, I saw that, it was great. And she has a totally different view on Israel policy. Yeah. And it is a counter counterpoint. And counter, it's because really people will reading. point to Israel and go, see, they did the whole COVIDian yeah. thing and look at but this. But they have dissenters too. Absolutely. And those dissenters may well be right. They're of course, you know, right. again, I think, are we ever going to science this up? Who's got the incentive to do it? I don't know. All I right. think that there will be some need for setting the public record straight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, mm-hmm. well, like I said, I got a bunch of articles in peer review. Mm-hmm. And when they come out, yeah. I will come back on the show and I'll walk I you through. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. We'll set the record That'll be straight. great. Sensible Medicine times 20. And the last thing, do you want to say anything about Zuck or you want to leave it for another time? I will leave it for another time. On, right. my, on my sub stack, they can read, I listened to a three hour interview Rogan Zuckerberg, Rogan, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you got something to say? Yeah, it's it's in the Substack. I will check. And next it out. time we'll talk about it. That's great. All right, all right, brother. Good to we see you. We did a thing. Good to see you. Hey, you know what to do? Subscribe to the show. Leave Wait, a review. You couldn't see me unless you put those on. I see a beauty filtered version. Oh, uh, yeah. Now you see all warts and all. I see warts and all. I see beauty emanating and but profound you know what? Unlike Zuck, I don't use an avatar. You're going to see me. This is the way I am. You go into the metaverse, you're not going to see VP there. No. Because VP's in the realiverse. Yeah. You'll never find me in a metaverse. No way, dude. I could, unless it's a porn metaverse. <laughs> the only way you'll find me in a metaverse <laughs> is masked and triple boosted. Oh, totally. That'll be your, that'll be your, oh, your alter ego. Masked. Like a total projection of the opposite. It's of like they've mandated the metaverse in addition oh to the booster. God, you got to wear an N95 on your avatar? You probably do. I bet that would happen. Actually, there was that, there was actually that photo Oh, I was so tempted. Somebody tweeted that they 
they use that VR head Oculus. What yeah. is it? Oculus? The Oculus. But they were wearing an N95 because no. there were two of them in the ring. No. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. <laughs> What's the point? It's great. It's great. <laughs> all right. All right. We did it. Um, subscribe to the show. Leave a review. We leave all the links. Um, sensiblemedicine.substack.com. And if- Vinay Prasad's observations and thoughts at substack.com. And zdogmd.com forward slash supporters to join our supporter tribe. And- Can't use that word anymore. We, oh, tribe. Sorry. Of Our supporter group of non-ableist, non-eugenicists. Childhood nutrition. We're not going to do anything about, but we can work on this word choice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. They'll be great. fat. Another win for but progressive. Yes. Yes. yes the progressive Another win for agenda. true progressivism. We'll, our we'll, our yeah. progressive agenda. Yeah. That's not my progressive agenda. My progressive agenda is the things that actually matter and trying to fix those. That's what I mean. Let our rhetoric. real progressive agenda, which yeah. is, hey, be nice to people, have some degree of equity around uh, income and things like that by making making it equality of opportunity, you know, maybe cover everybody at some point for Healthcare, medical problems. Medical uh, problems sure. Maybe fix medicine so it's not so expensive. Yeah. Do and the right thing. It's not about profiteering. It's about good medicine. That's yeah. Right. And then sell out to pharma any chance you get. That's a classic right-wing agenda. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I love you. We out.